Welcome to the new revolution in fitness and performance, the Ardella Training Podcast, forging athletic bodies around the world. Here's your host, physical therapist and strength coach, Scott Ardella. All right, guys, welcome to episode number 127. Thank you for joining me this week. And in this week's session, I have Alex Zinchenko. And Alex is the author of a book called Rough Strength Files. I'll tell you more about Alex before we get into the session. First, I wanted to let you know that I had an interesting email from Kristoff, and he wants to know if I still recommend using the Rogue Kettlebell. And he also wanted to know if I've had any problems with chipping with this kettlebell. So first of all, yes, I still absolutely recommend the Rogue Kettlebell. I think it's a great high-quality kettlebell, and you can't beat the price. So the price and the quality really make it a excellent combination. There are many great kettlebells out there now that we have to choose from, but I love the, the feel of the Rogue Kettlebell, and you can't beat the price. So that's really why I recommend the Rogue Kettlebell. Now, to answer the second part of the question, have I had any problems with chipping? I have not had any problems whatsoever with chipping, and I have several Rogue Kettlebells at this point and use them, of course, with double kettlebell work, so the handles will sometimes clash together, and I've had no problems at all with chipping. So um, I'm not sure that that actually could happen, to tell you the truth, because it's a matte finish on the handle, and I, I don't know that the, the bells could chip, to tell you the truth, but I'd be interested to know if anyone else has had that problem, so let me know if you've had any problem there, but I certainly have not with all the Rogue Kettlebells that I have at this point. So I hope that that information is helpful. I, I highly recommend the Rogue Kettlebell because of the quality and the price, and I've had no problems at all with chipping. Uh, if you'd like to see the exact kettlebell I use, go to ardellatraining.com forward slash kettlebell. Again, that's ardellatraining.com forward slash kettlebell, and you can see the exact kettlebell that I use in my training. Now, as always, if you like the Ardella Training Podcast, please be sure to drop in your review in iTunes or Stitcher. The reviews really help to grow the show, and uh, it would be really awesome if you could take the time to do that, and certainly thank you so much if you've already done that. Speaking of podcasts, I wanted to let you know that next week on the show, on episode number 128, I've got a special announcement for you. I think that uh, you're going to be really excited next week when you hear about the new uh, project and announcement that I have for you. I think it's something that we will all benefit from, so stay tuned for that in episode number 128. All right, so this week I have Alex Zinchenko, and to my knowledge, Alex uh, has not done any podcast interviews to this point, and this is an exclusive interview with the author of Rough Strength Files. This interview comes to you live from the Ukraine, which is where Alex lives. And uh, Alex is a young strength coach. He is a self-proclaimed strength addict. And I think that uh, you're going to learn a lot during this interview session and really hear about his simple and uh, effective uh, approach to strength training. So I think that he shares some great insight all the way through the uh, podcast session. And you're going to hear about how he's actually dealing with an injury right now, which is really interesting, and how he's adjusted his training based on the injury that he's dealing with. So again, I think that uh, you'll really enjoy this interview session, and I would encourage you to uh, sit back, listen, take notes, and of course take action and apply the things that Alex talks about and shares with us in this great exclusive interview session. So with that, guys, let's uh, get started. Let's dive into the interview session with Alex Zinchenko. All right, Alex, first of all, thank you so much for joining me here on the show. And before we get into things, can you tell listeners about your background, about your story in strength training? How did everything start for you? Okay, thanks for having me. Uh, everything started a while back, I guess, in 2009. I was training hard. Uh, I was training hard before that, but, you know, uh, I, I guess every lifter has that point in his career when he takes this seriously. Yes. And 2009 was this point for me. I read uh, Mike Manser's book. I know there's a lot of 
controversy about it, but at, the, at that time, it was what I needed. So I started Im implementing strength training methods and get where I am now. I started in basement gyms, you know. I don't know whether you have them in where you live, but here uh, they were a hit at the time. There were no commercial gyms. There were guys who just brought iron to a basement and were doing bench presses and squats and deadlifts and, and nothing more. All the basics, all the fundamentals. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So is that what started with you? I mean, so you started doing the basic barbell lifts. That was your introduction. Yes, the to first program was barbell squats, you know, uh, military presses, bench presses and dumbbell curls. And uh, I guess there were bent over rows of pull ups. I don't, I don't recall. That. Right, right. The basics, you know, Absolutely. I started right. <laughs> I was lucky, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Now, tell me, how has your training kind of changed through the years? So l let me ask you, first of all, do you still do the, the barbell basics? Yes, I do them, but um, I have the circumstances. Uh, that's why I, I do them. I, uh, I injured my elbow, so I can do pull-ups. I can do handstand push-ups. I can do... Planche work, you know, so uh, I uh, reintroduced some barbell work to progress in, in strength. Right. Now, your, your, uh, in, your injury, is that uh, a current injury or is this some time ago? Uh, it was not a long time ago. I was just, you know how, how it goes. You're doing pull-ups, more pull-ups. You, you don't work on your extensors and you get the golfer's elbow. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. That can be uh, kind of a tough injury to deal with. Kind of a, yes. a, kind of, and, kind of a long term. Yeah. Uh, it, it takes patience and uh, some dedication to stay away from the moves yes. uh, that, that get you injured in the first place. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, it, it takes you. You should accept the fact that you will get weaker in that move. Right. And that's the hardest part for me. Yeah, you know, I, I just did a recent show on kind of dealing with injuries, and it it is really tough. I mean, it's really one of the hardest things, especially um, for people like you and I and listeners that are into training. And, you know, you want to train hard, but you, you can't do the same things, at least during the time that you're, you're dealing with an injury. Um, so you have to find other things, and you kind of have to deal with that mental battle of uh, taking a step back with your strength as well. So Yes, that's the hardest part about injuries. Absolutely. Back to, to the barbells, I absolutely enjoy barbells, but um, at, at one point I figured out that they are not a necessity for gaining strength. They are just a tool, right? Like body weight or kettlebells or dumbbells or sandbags. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, the, while they're the most convenient and the most progressive in terms of intensity, you, you can just add 2.5 kilos to a bar. Uh, but you can't do that with uh, body weight because you're progressing from one move to another and the jumping intensity can be so high that you, you could do 10 reps in the previous step, but the next step uh, will allow you, allow you to do one or two, you know? Yes, right. So let me ask you about uh, rough strength. What, uh, how do you define rough strength? And how is this maybe misunderstood? Well, I don't know <laughs> whether it's misunderstood, but I define it as strength gained without any luxuries. So you, you can gain with strength with anything you have at hand. You don't need to go to a commercial gym to get stronger. You don't need n n nothing fancy. It can be your body weight and the sandbag. Absolutely. These tools are, are enough 
to, to get you strong and, and jacked, you know, and ripped. Because uh, if we're talking about appearance, then the diet is the king, as they say. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, if we talk about diet, then uh, rough strength is, uh, is the same, you know? The diet boils down to macros and calories. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I I try to see uh, the principles that lie beneath beneath uh, y- you know what I mean. Sure, sure, absolutely. It, l- let me ask you. Let's go back to the tools here. So you talked about how the barbell is a tool, uh, you know, kettlebell, sandbags. I mean, they're all they're all tools that we have. Um, the rough strength approach is kind of using these these simple tools. Uh, how did you discover? How did you move from the basement gym that you talked about using the barbell mm-hmm. implements to discovering kettlebells and sandbags and, and things like that? You know, ke- kettlebells were here for ages. You, you can literally, literally find a kettlebell in any home here. Really? Wow. Yes. <laughs> we used them for... Um, for different tasks, but you you rarely can see a man working out with them because they just don't believe anymore in effectiveness of this type of training. Uh, that's all because uh, we are bombarded, you know, from TV and uh, internet with barbell and machine training. So people just don't believe in bars and deep bars and uh, kettlebells or sandbags anymore. Hey, Alex, I guess I should have opened up and actually asked you for, for listeners, so listeners know, where are you in the world? Where is this uh, coming I from? I now live in Kiev, in Ukraine. Okay. That, so People, people literally, literally, everyone has a kettlebell or two. Really? Wow. Yes. That's amazing. So, so this is nothing new. This is no, um, you know, latest uh, fitness uh, trend over there or anything like that. The kettlebells are tools that have been around for, for a long time where you are. For a long time, yes, but, but nobody uses them. That's the problem. Right, right. And after Pavel uh, popularized their, uh, them uh, at West, right. they came back here and everybody starts to implement them. In the own training. Now, so how long have you been training with kettlebells yourself? I've been training with them since 2010. How did you uh, learn to use kettlebells? Like, what were your um, what books or? Um... I, I uh, watched Mike Mahler's. You know. Yes. Okay. Mike Mahler's um, aggressive strength solution for size and strength. And uh, a lot of uh, Steve Cotter, right? Um, Valery Fedorenko. Yes, gotcha, gotcha. So more of um, the big guys. Yeah. Pavel. Yep. So yeah, so there's different styles, you know, like the the uh, kettlebell sport, and then like the hard style. So would you say your your style is more of a kettlebell sport, gear voice sport style? Uh, I don't know. I just. No, uh, now I just leave them for <laughs> developing strength. I don't bother with styles or, right. or something. I just use the yeah. technique that allows me to lift heavier yep. kettlebell and nothing else. So, so I want to ask you this question, and this is something I um, had written about recently. But if you had to say there's a, a limitation of kettlebell training, what would that limitation be? Uh, the limitation is in... Uh, the intensity is in intensity jumps you know uh, if you're working with 24 kilo kettlebell the next will be here in in ukraine if you if we're not talking about commercial kettlebells but about old style you know kettlebells the next the next would be 32 kilograms so that's uh, eight kilogram intensity jump for yes. one arm that's a limitation yeah yeah in my opinion but you can work this out with dumbbells or or putting uh, small plates 
duct taping them to the bottom. There are ways to make the training way more progressive than this. Right, right. And another limitation is leg work. If we're talking about developing muscle, the leg work is quite limited with kettlebells. Yeah. Working up to double front squat with two 48 uh, kilogram kettlebells is not that hard. It's in the reach of any male, at least. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a good point. I mean, that's something I didn't think about, but... um... Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it, it, certainly if you look at, uh, you know, using the barbell for squats and, and developing muscle mass with a barbell squat compared to kettlebells, I, I think you're right. There is certainly a difference there with that. Let's let's uh, talk about strength in general. So I think you and I are on the same page in terms of the importance of strength. Why would you say that it's so important? Well, strength is important uh, because of um, the nervous system, in my opinion. Yes. That's not a secret that uh, strength training is all about uh, developing the speed of uh, the neurons. You know, the the speed of uh, the neuron from traveling from your brain to the nervous center. And uh, training in specific movement patterns. So, my idea—I I don't know—this might be just a speculation, but uh, <laughs> I think that um, strength, strength training helps us um, to be more calm, you know, confident, and to deal with stress stress issues way easier than. Uh, before absolutely the stronger you are the more you calm and confident in what you can achieve totally because working up to to serious weights this takes balls you know and uh, anytime you're working with a weight that's heavier than you you just you think all right I, i need to lift this and not get crushed <laughs> right. with it, you know? Absolutely. I love that. I think that's great. And, I, again, I totally agree. I mean, I think there's obviously so many benefits to strength training. But um, if you look at the nervous system and really what you're saying is the mental health aspect, the confidence, uh, the calmness, the stress reduction um, benefits from strength training, absolutely, no question about it. Now, is there a quality of strength? Certainly there's different qualities of of strength. Is there a quality that you think is most important for most people? Well, I I don't think that you should... um, you You should put one quality of strength over the other because they are all connected and that's all strength. You, You don't need to bother with uh, picking sides, you know, like some people say explosive strength is the way to go, but maximal strength has its own benefits. And, you know, that's like a puzzle that you need to solve through training. Yeah, and it really depends on the goal, too, of course. You know, it depends on the athlete, depends on the, uh, you know, fitness Uh, enthusiast, you know, are they trying to achieve fat loss or... You know, are they trying to be as strong as they can become? So I think really that's what you're saying is uh, all qualities are important, of course, uh, but it's really, it really comes down to uh, what's the specific goal. Uh, let's talk about your training. So I wonder if you could share something that you're working on right now. Like what, what is a goal that you're uh, working on and what are you doing to, to achieve that goal? Well, now, uh, right now I'm working on getting over the injury yes. that we were talking about earlier. Right. Um, I figured out that right now I can concentrate only on some presses, you know, dumb, usually it's dumbbell work, incline dumbbell presses and uh, standing military presses. Okay. 
So uh, and uh, uh, the second the second strength goal is the deadlift because I don't feel any discomfort doing it. Yeah. So you so would you say that the exercises that you just described the presses deadlifts so those are exercises that you can do uh, with your injury that don't cause any pain or discomfort yes, at yes, all. Yes, that's okay. correct. Perfect. Uh, that's really what I talked about in in uh, a recent episode, and that is finding the exercises that you can do that don't increase the pain. I mean, that's just and it just makes sense. And you know, you naturally do that, of course. Um, although I do think that there are people that are, will sometimes try to train through and try to do their normal program. Even with their, if they're dealing with pain, and that's really the, the big mistake. So it's, I think that's awesome that you've adjusted your program and you're doing the, the things that will make you stronger without increasing the pain. So, no, awesome. if you're standing on on, uh, on the path to a better body and more strength, I think it's uh, way better to adjust and uh, move forward than to stand still with and do no training or training through injury and get worse and possibly get a surgery in future. Yes. It's not an option for me. Absolutely. Now, just uh, out of curiosity, so what would be a couple of exercises that would be problematic for you right now if you were to try to do them? Did you mention pull-ups and... Pull-ups, yes. Pull-ups and working towards the one-arm pull-up or one-arm chin-up. Handstands really bother my elbow. Planches, but planches bother it not in a straightforward way, you know, where you can't hold it. You can do the exercise, but you will feel it later in a couple of hours. Right, right. Um, uh, that's probably it. Okay. What grip uh, work is uh, limited to. Grip work, but dis- yes. Yes, but despite this, deadlifts go good. <laughs> that's interesting. That is interesting. But, but I use mixed <laughs> grip. Right, okay. What type of program are you doing right now with your presses and, and deadlifts? Are you doing a specific program or? I always do a specific program. I use um, upper, lower, upper split at the moment. Okay. I do incline presses on day one and some assistance work. Then I do deadlift on day three if we're skip, you know, one day on, one day off. On, off, on, and two off. The week split. So, uh, and on the third day, I do one arm dumbbell pr- standing dumbbell presses. Now, do you have assistant work? Do you have a program that uh, that works well for you typically? And what I mean is like a five by five program or, or something along those lines. Uh, you know, when I found found out that you don't need to. Um, get caught on the numbers uh, I just figured out that uh, every program works <laughs> yes yes. You know? so that you don't need to do strictly three, three sets of five or five sets of five or six sets of four anything you, you can um, count the to- total amount of reps you do and just uh, progress in this frame. For example, if I want to develop my overhead press yes. or any, any exercise, but let's stick to the press, for example. I just come to the place where I train and um, warm up and pick the dumbbell that suits my goal. For example, I pressed a 40 kilo kilo dumbbell for five five three three two and one I guess the last time it's all written down in my training log right so I just count the uh, t- total amount of reps I did and in the next session uh, a week from this I tried to surpass 
or either the total amount of reps or the amount of reps per set or uh, to make um, smaller rest periods which is not common but I can do that you know to progress in, in uh, this frame and there's nothing complex about training you just go there and pick a heavy weight that allow you to do at least three reps if we're talking about strength training and just do do it and that's it so let me ask you a little bit more uh, about the programming approach um and you're right, everything does work, for sure. <laughs> With heavy training, do you like to train for four to six weeks or eight weeks or whatever it is, and then deload, you know, cut back in your intensity, and then resume? How, how do you approach that so that you don't, um, number one, sustain injury, and number two, go into a overreached state? What, what do you do to, to deal with that? Usually, I use uh, some sort of auto-regulation. Okay. You know, okay. Where, where you come to a gym and you, you move to your working weight, and then there are sessions when you just feel not right. They, they're just not right. And you do less. Yes. Sometimes you feel like a million bucks, and you do more. And that's how I deload. You know, right? Because um, w- what I found out that the load with lighter weights is um, not as effective as the load with the same working weight, but less sets or reps. Okay, so you you really uh, deload with volume then? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Let me ask you about um, maybe some of your daily habits and. Uh, I kind of call these daily success rituals. What kind of things do you do every day that um, would contribute to your your level of training and, and your training goals? Talked about kind of nutrition earlier, but I'm wondering if there's anything that you do, you know, in the morning that sets up your day for a good training day and kind of a high energy state, things like that. Well, I don't do the rituals. Uh, but uh, you know, I just uh, stay in a constant state of mind where you are just those thoughts about training are just levitating there, and you may not think about training, but then it just clicks and you come up with a new idea or approach or um, solution for a problem. You know? Yes. That's not, not not actually answer to your question, but I guess... <laughs> no, but it's good insight. It's good insight. Yes, yes. That just happens with me. I, I can just walk somewhere and, and it just clicks and, you know, you solve the problem that you were uh, trying to solve for the last four to six weeks or, 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 or more. Yes. How do you? Uh, how would you describe your nutritional approach? Uh, well, uh, not long time ago, I figured out that simplicity is the key to nutrition too, not only training. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's easy to get lost with n- nutrition because there are so many techniques that all the people think are useful, but in reality, they are the, the usefulness of these techniques is less than 10% in the big picture. So I came, came up with uh, the basic plan that works for me. You know, I, I know the daily amount of calories and the ma- macros. Okay. I use, uh, at the moment, uh, I eat 2,600 ca- calories per Per day, and I'm steadily losing weight. You know, losing fat, and uh, I eat about 200 grams of protein and not more than 90 grams of fats, and everything else is carbs. the The food choices are irrelevant. 
at this point. With carbohydrates, do you use any specific timing um, around training? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I usually train fasted, so I always eat after a training session. Okay. I, I use intermittent fasting protocol, but um, it's just too loose to, to say that it's not strict. You know, like people use it 16 hours of fasting, 8 hours of eating, or 20 hours of fasting, 4 hours of eating per day. Right. I just skip breakfast and eat whenever I'm hungry at that day and stop eating before I go to sleep. Not literally eating, you know, <laughs> all the time, but just uh, uh, if I don't have time for for some reason uh, at the day, I don't freak out about eating before bed. What what time is your last meal typically in the evening? It can be. It can be. 11 p.m. or it can be. 3 a.m. It doesn't matter. Matter wow. in wow. as experience shows. Uh, so you said you train in a fasted state. So I'm assuming you train first thing in the morning. No, it can be in the afternoon too. Okay. It doesn't matter. I just feel more energetic uh, when I train fasted. All right. So your book, uh, Rough Strength Files: 42 Ideas on Low Tech Strength Training. What was the inspiration behind this book? And when did the book come out? The book came out on the 18th of December, 2013. All right. Um, the inspiration behind this book is um, simple. You know, I had some amount of ideas that I need, needed to share with people and th that could actually help. A lot of people to get results and I just uh, compiled them in a book and and that's it you know well it's it's a great book I'll tell you this quick story here um, you know why I got this book and I got it some time ago I, I don't remember when I bought it but you know I mean I'm always looking for for books on Amazon and uh, just a total book addict and uh, you know I see this book rough strength files pop up I'm like, man, that looks really interesting. <laughs> and, uh, so I just click on it, you know, and, uh, of course, I had to get it. So, uh, yeah, really good book. I mean, you cover a lot of different topics, you know, related to, um, you know, strength training, body weight training, kettlebells, sandbags, um, interviews, a lot of different stuff in this book. So it's a, it's a really unique book and uh, really well done. So uh, how would you say the book is different from their traditional stuff? I mean... I, I'm always looking for, for different fitness books and not the conventional uh, type books out there. So how would you describe it as being different from the conventional fitness books? Well, uh, it, it um, concentrates on what you can do without uh, necessarily uh, going to the gym or, uh, you know, somewhere else. What you can do... Uh, in your apartment or in, in your garage with what you have already. So you can start training r right now. And uh, it concentrates on the simple principles that lie beneath the complex methods, you know? Um, uh, it, it shows that what needs to be done to get results and in the simplest words now without any over um, sophistication or, yes. or you know uh, I just figure out that that's my style I was um, thinking oh man this book is so unprofessional it's <laughs> in terms of language Okay. Because English is not my native language. Right. And um, it, 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 there are no um, hard words that you need to, to go to vocabulary to know what it is. Yeah. But then I figure out why say 
uh, hard something what why you need to say something hard uh, if you can say it simple yes exactly you know? exactly and they figure out that this is my style yeah and i think that's better you know i mean simple and clear not overly complex i mean you know what what do we need to know in the most simple way possible i mean that's really what it's all about so um, let's talk about a couple specific things so one of the things you talk about in the book is a freestanding handstand. Uh, I'm curious what you would recommend, maybe if you could talk about some of the things that have worked for you to be able to do that. Well, that was a really struggle for me because uh, I'm not the lightweight guy, you know. <laughs> I'm, uh, when I first learned the handstand, I was 83 kilograms. And... Uh, it's not an easy thing to do to train with your body weight when you are heavier than uh, the people you see on YouTube all the time. You know, there are guys that are heavy, but, but yes. the, the majority is 60 kilogram dudes that can do one arm front levers and <laughs> right, right. finger planches and other crazy stuff like this. And the thing that worked for me is uh, well-assisted handstand, obviously, face-to-wall handstand. It, it is um, a bit uh, more dangerous because you can fall on your back, um, but uh, if you know how to get, get out of the handstand, to put one arm forward, then uh, you can totally implement this ex exercise. Also, I found useful to do, to get stronger in handstand push-ups. I don't know why, but uh, when I reached um, a level when I could do a full range of motion handstand push-ups with the assistance of the wall, yes. uh, I found way easier to hold a freestanding handstand. Also, you need to concentrate on the kick-ups, kick you know, without holding the handstand. It can be tempting at first because it's a new skill and anytime you get into the point of equilibrium, you, you're just stoked, you know, to hold it for as long as possible. But um, uh, if you want to get consistent in your handstands, you need to work on the actual kick-ups not holding the, the handstand, holding it for a second or two. Right. This uh, will help you to get consistent and to get the handstand uh, every time. Yeah, also, I think... Also... Um, oh, the, ah, oh, okay, the finger pressure. One more point. Yes. Uh, while you're holding a handstand and you're new, obviously, to this skill, uh, you need to press with your to learn to press with your fingers. It, it should feel like you're pressing the um, ground away from yourself with your fingers. That's an interesting point that uh, usually gets less attention than the big stuff, you know. Right. But but this tip helped me a lot when I learned the handstand. Is there any, um, I guess, uh, tip for improving the, the finger pressure? You just need to understand what it what it's like to press with the ground with, with your fingers. You know, the the your your fingers are your levers, give you leverage over your body weight. So you are in a constant state of overbalancing. You you. You should feel like you almost gonna fall on your back, but you, you don't allow yourself to fall while because of uh, finger pressure, because you press with your fingers away, you know? Right, Strong. right. So it's really being aware of using the finger pressure, I think, is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Uh, let me ask you about the reps with the handstand with handstand push-ups. What typical reps would you try to work within? Like a three uh, to, three to five reps? Is that three to six? I guess. Okay. 
the, that's the fastest way you can progress to the full range of motion version. And then you can increase the volume any way you like. More sets, more reps, more le less times between the sets, etc. And then you mentioned uh, just practice a lot. So are you a fan of doing um, daily practice if you're trying to, to work on this? Yes. Well, I found out that you can do this, but um, you need to understand that you can't do high-intensity stuff every day. That's obvious, but in handstand, uh, it may not that obvious for most people. You just can't come and uh, try to hold yourself in a handstand every day because you may get injured. You, you, your wrists are not prepared for this. Your elbows are not prepared, and your shoulders. So you need, uh, if you want to practice every day, you need to cut your intensity to fifty percent. Right. No, the, the, this uh, can mean to hold a handstand against against the wall, or to do scissoring handstand. When you hold yourself, uh, when when you get into the handstand face to the wall, and just try to put one leg away and to hold the handstand. This is easier than the actual freestanding handstand, and will be less intense. Gotcha. And yeah. So we, so it's changing uh, the intensity. Yeah. Yes, yes. You, you, if you plan to train daily, then you, you should have heavier sessions and lighter sessions. Because uh, you, can go, you can't go heavy all, all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's, uh, let's talk about the one-arm push-up. So explain why this is important and then um, any advice to progress to be able to perform this. While uh, one arm, the one-arm push-up is not, I can't say that it, it is really important. It, it is a cool skill yes. to have <laughs> in your skill set. I, I don't think that this exercise is essential for developing your upper body press and strength or, or aesthetics, you know. But if you want to learn it, that's cool and... Uh, this deserves respect if you want to do it correctly. You know, when where your feet are at the shoulder widths, your, your body is as straight as possible, your shoulders are parallel to the ground, uh, and this exercise is one of the hardest you can do. Yes. You know? <clears throat> well, when I, I was... Um, talking with uh, um, a, a well-known powerlifter here. You, you may know him or may not. Well, uh, uh, <clears throat> and uh, he has some big, he won some big competitions here. And I was uh, interestingly sporting him in the bench press a couple of days before that. And he was pressing once uh, 170 kilograms for two easily. When I said to him, can you do uh, a proper one-arm push-up? He, he did one, but he, he was really struggling. You know, that's hard the exercise was. Right. And he, he pressed 170 kilograms at the body weight of 93 kilograms. You know, that's... Uh, almost two body weights. So it's, um, the one-arm push-up is really a long-term goal. And uh, if you want to master it, you should be prepared to work several years for, for this. Well, uh, if you 80 kilograms or more. If you're 60, you may need less. Well, how long did it take you to be able to do that? I still can't do that properly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah, you it's know, an it's advanced exercise. No question. Progress. Right, right. And I imagine um, right now with the uh, the injury, um, that's not something that you're currently yes. working on. Yes. Yeah. 
So you uh, you interviewed uh, the legendary Paul Wade, uh, author of Convict Conditioning, in your book, and um, wonder if you can maybe talk about that interview. What was a key takeaway or key learning from from that discussion? Well, I should say that Paul Wade is really generous guy. We uh, the interview was through email, okay. So okay, uh, I, I had no chance to talk to him in person, but he was really helpful and he uh, was really generous to wrote an uh, introduction to my book. So the the takeaway was that simple stuff works, you know? Yeah. That's just the, uh, the, the creed of everything, uh, of everything around. Absolutely. Yeah. Simplicity works, and the simpler, the better. Yeah. Uh, well, you, do you know? Do you want to know some something specific? Uh, yeah. I was really kind of curious what the what the if you had to say like what was the big takeaway from the interaction there, you know? And I think that was it. I think you answered it. That's, Simplicity yeah. is the key. <laughs> so that's perfect. Let's uh, a couple more questions, and then I have a, a rapid fire uh, question set for you. Um, but um, if you had to say maybe a, a big problem or a big issue in the fitness industry, uh, what would that problem be and, and how do we fix it? The problem is, um, there are a lot, a lot of problems, but the, <laughs> the main problem is, um, what do they call it? Paralysis by analysis. Yes. You know where people read everything and uh, don't stick to one training approach or nutrition approach for a while to see the re- results. This, is, this, I guess, is the most overlooked problem in fitness society. Everyone wants to know the, uh, the, magic, the magic pill solution, you know, right. what is the best, but they don't want to put effort in really exploring what they have already and uh, it, it with the, all the marketing hype it, for people it's hard to believe that simple stuff works and when they try it they just oh oh my god how, how does it work and <laughs> and it worked for, for them and uh, they feel uh, somewhat frustrated that they w- wasted so many so many years doing endless searches while the answer was on the plate before them. Absolutely. So, and I agree, totally agree here, but, you know, one thing we talk about a lot on the show is uh, kind of picking a program and then really implementing that program, you know, not getting distracted by all these other things. So is that kind of what you're saying? Is that is that in line yeah. with? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. That, that's in line. Yeah. And sometimes because there are so many things, there are so many programs and so many, uh, quote, shortcuts that people are looking for. They're looking for the, the quick fix, and it really doesn't happen like that. So it's a long-term process for, for all this stuff. You looked at you know, what we just talked about with the one-arm push-up. I mean, it's a long time to be able to do something like that. So I think we just have to really take a long-term approach with training and just take it one goal at a time, focus on the simple things like you mentioned, and not yes. get distracted by all the other stuff. So that's awesome, awesome. You know, when you get rid of um, the, the details and see the principles that lie, uh, you know, the principles that matter, uh, you stick to programs because you don't need a program in a conventional uh, sense anymore. You just you know that you you need to do a certain exercise, certain uh, times per week, right. a certain amount of reps, and to get stronger. In if you don't get stronger, then you're doing something wrong, right. and you need to reassess. <laughs> yeah. That's, so, so that's great too. So, are you constantly assessing your own performance? Of course, absolutely. Uh, uh, if something doesn't work for me, then I just uh, then I analyze it. If uh, 
it, it can be improved. I try to improve it. If it doesn't work at all, then I just don't do it. That's awesome. I'm, I'm so glad you, you know we got into this because that, that's so important. It's really when you're doing anything, you know, you have to constantly assess what's working and what's not. And if it's not working, then you know you need to make the adjustments to keep making forward progress. And so, so you've been training for how long, Alex? Again, when when did it all start for you? Two thousand nine. Two thousand. Okay. How much is it? Yeah. So I six mean, years of serious training. So you know, it gets harder. Like the more you're you're into training, like so. For me, I've been training a, a long time, and the progress is incremental, and that's okay. You know, I mean, it's it's actually better for people that are just starting out because they're going to have the greatest gains. But I'm, I'm the same way. I'm constantly journaling what I do and, and looking at is what I'm doing working and, and if it's not changing course. And I think that's really the, the key point here. So What uh, I wanted to say, um, there is a common misconception about um, the advanced lifters. You know, everyone, when they just came to a gym, they think, oh, uh, I think... I have a bad sessions, a session here and there, and um, all the advanced guys, they just have awesome sessions all the time. And <laughs> right. the truth is uh, uh, exactly opposite, because um, the more you advance, the less cool sessions you have, and the more <laughs> right. it is uh, hard work. Yes. When yes. you push through your limits, and uh, y- you have... Uh, not really good sessions all the time and the, this can get really frustrating and the uh, the thing that separates uh, a guy who achieves something more is uh, the ability to overcome this frustration and uh, to push forward, to reassess, to find what doesn't work and yes. what is working and to, to do what, what works. Absolutely. That's awesome. Awesome stuff, man. <laughs> all right, cool. So, all right, so we're going to do the uh, the rapid-fire segment here. Uh, I call this the Power 3 segment. So three quick questions. Just kind of say what, what comes into your head. And uh, the first question is, what's a recent book you've read that you would recommend to listeners? Oh, are we uh, concentrating on fitness books? or You know, it could be fitness okay. or it could be anything that you think would be valuable for <clears throat> people that are listening to the show. I think uh, people should read uh, Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse-Five, you know, <laughs> if, they doesn't, if they haven't read it in school or, or something. That's the recent book uh, I, I'm reading, and it's awesome. It's just uh, slu- so smooth and uh, so to the point. Slaughterhouse Five. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. No, I've had um, other guests say other non-fitness-related books like that. So very cool. Awesome. Uh, what's the training advice that you would give your younger self, knowing what you know today? So six years ago, what would be the advice that you would give to yourself just starting out? <laughs> don't, don't do no curls do no isolation work and get stronger in deadlift squats and pressing and and do no warm up correctly and do no dumb stuff you know like yes, yes. um you're at the party and you, you just there is a bar over there and everyone oh Let's do some pull-ups, etc. And you just, oh, I can do way more than you, and <laughs> yeah. you know how it goes. Yeah, and you're probably a bit drunk, and you can get injured. I can do a muscle-up and just bending some muscle-ups with no warm-up, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you can have. And el- elbow problems. Well, that, that's all great advice, by the way. But I really like the do no dumb stuff because that's something I talk about all the time. Like we can't do dumb crap that's going to me- mess us up. It's just not worth it, especially if we're in for the long haul here. So awesome. Uh, final question here on this part is uh, who are two to three coaches or fitness uh, professionals that you admire the most or have had the most impact on you and your training? 
Well, uh, Mike Mahler was a big inspiration for me. Um, Brooks Kubik is another great example of uh, strength yes. guru, if you can say. And the third one would be Ross Anime. Yes. I don't know how to uh, say the, the surname correctly, but you know. Yeah, I think you got it. Yeah, Ross is great. Yeah, big fan of uh, <coughs> his work as any, well. Any, anytime I see him doing, doing training, I just, well, that's exactly what I do. Yes, <laughs> you know? yes. And uh, being uh, an explorer at some level, you know, it's a cool thing to find another guy who, who does well, not the, the same thing but really close to what you're doing and uh, we, we weren't talking, I haven't seen his work before I started my thing and that's really cool to find that Absolutely. someone know, knows how, how it is I'm curious, is there a, a single book that has influenced your training the most? Uh, well, I read quite a bit of books. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, convict conditioning had uh, uh, an interesting influence because uh, before it, I was convinced that... Uh, Bodyweight exercise is suboptimal, you know. And now I know that it uh, it is just another tool. Your body weight. Um, uh, the, the, there are a lot, a lot of them. Yeah, you know, yeah. dinosaur sort training and um, Mike Mahler stuff is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And you have a nice uh, book list um, in the back of your book as well. So oh, yeah. I didn't mean to put you on the spot there with that question, but <laughs> it's always good to know what, what books influence uh, people. So I thought constantly. it would be really cool if you finish a book and there, there is a list of recommended reading that you can uh, explore more and to, to expand your knowledge. Absolutely. No question about it. No question about it. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll just say one book here. I've, I've talked about this a little bit in one or two of the other shows I've done, but um, I don't know if you're a Dan John fan, but his new book, Can You Go, is a book I'm really recommending to everybody. And a lot of things we actually talked about here in the show, Dan talks about and has been talking about, of course, in his previous books. But Can You Go, I think, is probably maybe one of his, his best work, pieces of work to date. So that's a great book that I would highly recommend as well. So your website is roughstrength.com. Um, that's where people can go to find you online, to learn more and connect. What do you, is there any place that you recommend people start when they check out roughstrength.com? Well, there is a page called uh, Rough Strength Method. You know, it, it has a summary of uh, every aspect of uh, my method, and you can start there and expand with articles. Fantastic. That's awesome. So I'll have a link for everything that we talked about, of course, in the show notes for this episode. And uh, any any last uh, pieces of advice or uh, suggestions about your website, your book, or anything like that before I have the final big question here as we wrap up? You know, you just have to decide. Uh, you know, you have to go there and just get acquainted with the stuff I do. That's it. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> and then uh, final final question is, uh, what's the big action or advice that listeners can take away from our interview here today? You probably know that by now, but simplicity is the key. The simpler, the better. And that's it. There's nothing uh, more to it. The, the more you stay on the side of simplicity, the more results you will give, you will have, and uh, the better will be you will be in the long term. That's it. Absolutely, and that goes like you said to that applies to training, nutrition, training, nutrition, the whole thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, life in general, your work, 
your yes. relationships, etc. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. Well, that's great stuff. Alex, really enjoyed the interview. Uh, this has been fantastic. And thanks, uh, thanks for coming here. Wish you great success moving forward. All right, guys, there's the interview with Alex. I hope that you enjoyed it and learned about his rough strength training approach and philosophy. I would definitely recommend checking out his book, Rough Strength Files. I think it's a great addition to any training library. A lot of unique and innovative uh, uh, training information in this book, a lot of resources and things like that. And you'll learn more about his approach to strength training in Rough Strength Files, 42 Ideas on Low-Tech Strength Training. So check that out. And you heard my story about how it caught my attention as I was searching for new books. So anyway, guys, I'm going to close out this week's episode with just a quick reminder to tune in next week for episode number 128. In addition to many great interviews I have coming your way here on the Ardella Training Podcast, next week I have a special announcement for you, something new and exciting I think that you're going to be excited about, I know that I'm excited about, and we're all going to benefit from this moving forward. So stay tuned for that next week on the show. So until then, guys, uh, have a great one. Thank you for being here this week, and I'll see you on next week's show. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Ardella Training Podcast. Go to ardellatraining.com right now to join Scott's tribe of passionate fitness enthusiasts. Get valuable updates and resources that will help you take it to the next level. Train strong. We'll catch you next time on the Ardella Training Podcast.